Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Scott Lovin, who is now my new bud, is here today. Say hi, Scott. Hey, y'all. How are you? Amazing. I'm going to read a little bit of your bio so people know who we're talking to. He's the firm principal, provides family law consultation and mediation services. Scott leverages his extensive legal business and negotiation experience, which we all know you need, to offer clients high quality mediation expertise in all aspects of family matters, including divorce, domestic partnership, custody, visitation, and support. Scott has spent much of his career helping people find the path to yes, and believes firmly that disputes can be resolved through discussion and negotiation. Scott's interest in divorce and family mediation exploded in 2014 after he read a study about the negative effects that divorce litigation has on children of divorce. This initially led him to take several week-long and weekend divorce and family law mediation training seminars with some of the elite teachers and practitioners out there. Scott was thrilled to learn that mediation techniques were being used by expert practitioners in a family law context and that these folks were doing great work to help people in need. Scott, I'm so excited to talk about this. Welcome. Thank you. Oh my God. That's a, a, a lot of a lot of stuff there. So, and I, I added it. I mean, because you had a lot more excitement to say. I'm embarrassed. Oh my God. You should be <laughs> proud. So before we get into anything, I want to ask the most important question. How do you get two people who wanted to stay together forever who now don't to lay down their swords when they are virtually sitting in front of you or physically sitting in front of you? You know, there's a lot of ways to do it, but you know, one of my, one of my main roles that I think that I play is to show people how um, they're really winning when they think they're losing. Explain. Um, yeah. So, I mean, basically like if one person, uh, you know, I need to understand their, their desires, their goals, you know, most people that come and see me, um, you know, at least one of them desires to move forward and start their next chapter. And so if that person is, if, thinks, if the proposal that's being presented to that person, if they view that as, you know, a negative, like they're going to have to give up too much money, for example, or, you know, they're going to have to, uh, co-own the house for a while together uh, until the kids get out. Um, they view that as being stuck or, or a negative um, financially, but really it's a positive because they accomplish all these other goals that they're hoping to get from this process. So I just try to reframe their um, their viewpoint. Uh, and, and also, um, you know, I also try uh, to understand, you know, what, when they say that they want something, why it is that they want that thing. Right. And then I try to, I, I try to make it so both people accomplish the whys, like why they want that, the benefits to them 
while at the same time, maybe not getting the, it the way that they proposed, but still accomplishing their goals. So, so it's a lot me, of understanding what they what their real desires yes, you are. You wanna know why, that's so important. I ask why all day long. I love it, I love, love, love. Will you tell me from the beginning, let's say me and my husband realize that we need a divorce. We, who goes to mediation rather than get their own lawyers? Like start with that, who ends up wanting to do that? Smart people. Yes, thank you, right? People who don't wanna spend $75,000 on their divorce each. Yeah, and it's and it's like so often totally unnecessary, Carly, because like, you know, someone like me, I've been on the litigation side. Yeah. And now I'm on the mediation side. I do the same work. It's just that I do it in a few weeks with people instead right. of for two years. So, so they they've already decided they want mediation because they don't want to go the legal route with in terms two lawyers. They know they've heard the nightmare stories. It's expensive, it's miserable, back and forth, right? So these are people who most likely want in their like mind and heart to not have it be miserable right that's like kind of but they're not always on the same page of course not that would be impossible yes they don't come to me like with an agreement already written out no so i mean so it's really uh they they want they hope a lot of them have children minor children young kids um and they they've heard you know the horror stories they've seen uh, a marriage story on Netflix. You oh, know, wow, they don't want so to. Depressing. They should have given a razor blade with that movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, my favorite part of that movie is when uh, the two lawyers see each other in the hallway outside the court and they like give each other a hug. Yeah, Come to my charity event right. and they go in to the courtroom and they start yelling <laughs> at each other. Because that's really what it is. Like, it's yeah. you're friends with all these people, but you put this front on that uh you know that you're that so let me just guess like so i heard i should go to you to get mediation because i don't want the horror story so regardless of them not being on the same page what is the first step before you even do the first meeting do you have any work that they need to do beforehand what do they need to come to you with because you have five sessions yeah so i have a five session plan so basically that when when the first if you want to know the the exact process the first person reaches out to me typically and i immediately say Uh, Listen, um, my goal, if you want to explore mediation, is to help you exit the marriage just as you walked into it, which is together. So the first thing that we need to do is not have a substantive conversation right now. We need to schedule a time for you, your spouse, and I to speak together so that we all uh, kind of begin the journey together. Together together. So that's my, that's my belief. I, a lot of mediators don't do it that way. A lot of mediators will have an extensive call with one person and, and a lot of mediators will actually allow one person to engage them and file their divorce paperwork, like with the court to get the case started and then bring on the other person. I don't see how you can be neutral no. if you're, if you're doing that. So I, I believe neutrality is the essence yes. of mediation because you want kid. both people to feel like you're not on someone's side. Exactly. And I'm not. Actually, you know whose side I'm on it. as a coach? The children's. Yeah. I'm on the children's side. So when I do my mediation about not what you do, but about like child stuff and about how we can make this a better future for them, I have to often, I'm sure you do too, stop them and be like, this is not about you. Like this is about moving forward they always want to tell stories in the middle of the mediation they want to talk about how she did this and i did that and, and three years ago and you're like dude we're moving forward like we're going forward yeah 
That's for so, the therapist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so so for, you tell them, let's do this together. And then are they given any work before they meet with you? Yeah, no. So then they engage, if they want to engage me, I, I, I send them my agreement, then they both sign. So I'm representing both parties. Now I'm an attorney, but I'm representing them as a mediator. So then and you can't represent them later separately. No, never. And because I never go to court. Yeah. I never go to court. I haven't been to court in since 2014. I so. bet you're so happy. Oh my God. I'm so happy. But, um, so, you know, it, it frees my whole life. Like any mediator will tell you the best part is like, I don't like prepare briefs and sit in line for court and drive to the courthouse. Like all those things are just like, they, you have to build a client for all those things and, and none of them really matter, you know? So here's my question. When you are doing that process, I feel like you told me before when we talked, they have to pay up front. So whatever they decide to do, if they end up fighting at, at, at session three and saying, we can't do this, they don't get their money back. That's it. That was their decision. They wanted to do mediation, right? And they, they're not agreeing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, so I, I, it sounds cruel. Like I'm taking their money up front. No, it doesn't. It's, it's, it's really like a, a ploy. Yeah, it's it is. Them. I'm like, you guys, I, I honestly, I'm not joking. I had a couple that we were doing virtual mediation about their children and they were texting each other while we were doing it. And cause the guy wasn't paying attention to me. And I was like, Hey, what's happening? And they were like, we're texting each other. And I'm like, this is your money. Like the, hello, like I, I, hello, let's just talk about it in front of each other. So you've got this, they, you give them their work to come to you with for session one after they sign everything. Yeah. So I give them, uh, they, they, they prepare an intake form. So I know who they are, their kids' names. I like to know what the kids' birthdays are in case one is coming up or one just happened. And I can like mix in that you know, when I'm, when it gets a little testy, I can like, Hey, hey by the way, how was, um, you know, little uh, junior's uh, birthday. And then they usually, you know, are doing it together at this point still. So like, it brings up some happy memories. Oh, uh, what did so you, you get? get uh, you get personal and you calm them down by talking about something that, that is not upsetting at all other than all the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then they basically need to, um, fill out in, it, it, they need to fill out their financial forms so I know like what they have and that they agree that like all, all their property is on these forms so that we can then go about you know doing the work of mediation which is uh, just talking through each asset what do, what do you guys want to do with the house have do they do that together it? or separately well they they a lot of people do it together but they fill them out separately so they are like physically they don't like copy they don't like just do one and then Put it through the copy machine right but they a lot like if they're on the same page and they they can do it at the dinner table i know we're going to have a great mediation because like they're you know in they're, it they're working they're together different. yeah i have a question at this point so sometimes i have clients um more than, than not women um who i want them to speak to a financial person before they do any agreements at this point would is that when they would go to talk to a financial person before they wrote everything down so they can figure out like when, at what point in your mediation process, because in my dream world, if people out there are listening and they don't want to spend millions of dollars and be miserable and, oh my God, stressed, if you want to lose a lot of weight, that's what you need to do is that divorce plan, but it never comes back. I mean, I need to back. do that. Yeah, yeah. No, don't. Trust me, it's really miserable. I mean, swearing and all sorts of stuff. But, and I always say to them, like, you think your kids don't know what's happening, but one of you is with the kids while you're getting a, a nasty email or text message or call, and you think they're playing digital and they don't care, but they do. They feel it, your energy. And so my ultimate goal is they work with 
a mediator, someone like you, which I is on my roster for mediation to save money and get it done together. They work with a financial person to make sure that they're making smart financial decisions. And they work with someone like me to make sure that they going forward are letting go of their crap so they can be good co-parents. Yeah, that's the perfect, that's, that's the perfect solution. So trifecta, yeah, yeah, that's the perfect trifecta. So the person like uh, how, how I um, recommend I have, a, they're called certified divorce financial analysts, yeah, so yeah. a CDFA. I'm a CDFA, but I, I only, oh, you are? I only do, I mean, I've sometimes I'm hired as a CDFA, but um, in my mediation practice, I just, you know, I have, I don't like, I help people fill out the forms and stuff, but mainly there's two options for a financial person. If you can hire a CDFA together so that that person helps you fill out the financial forms and talks through, um, you know, here's what it would be. Here's, here's like, they, they have this soft, oops, sorry. They yeah. have this software where they can like play different scenarios. Like, okay, well, if you took the house and you took the 401k right. and here's the, the bank accounts. So, I mean, you can do that together or one person can hire that, that professional just by themselves and um, and then basically present their proposal to the other person and to the mediator at the same time. I have to ask you a financial question selfishly because I have a good friend of mine who was told, so her soon-to-be ex has been using their his credit card, but she was told since they're in Ohio, everything has to be split. And he's been using that to, to pay for everything, like ridiculously amounts of lots of things. Um, is there anything at that point where you can look at it and go, mm, that you don't have to pay for stuff that's on here? Is it when you're married, you have to pay for it? Yeah. So the 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 finances, your your community, like the 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 marital estate, which is what like you guys acquire acquire and accumulate, goes from the date of marriage to the date of separation. And then so the date of separation is like a, a date that you put in like the divorce yes, documents when right. you first start. So anything that um, one person charges, any debts that they accumulate, it's everybody's after the date of separation, though, is just that person. Oh. So if they filed already, then they would have had a date of separation listed. And then those would be all of his obligations. If they haven't filed, then when they do, she can argue or like present to a mediator, say, look, we haven't been living together since July 16th. Yeah. He slammed the door. He moved his stuff out. Yeah. That's the date of separation. So all of the, um, uh, all the obligations and debts that he would have charged after that date would be his responsibility. Speaking of moving out, here's a question I have for you. As a mediator, because they're not, I know you said that some of your um, clients, you said actually 75% of your clientele will get separate lawyers to look at the mediation agreement just to like make sure it's kosher. But my mm -hmm. question to you when you're sitting down with them, do you ever get clients that are like, what are we supposed to do for our living situation? Are we allowed to move out? Because I was told when you're not doing mediation, that everyone's lawyer says you're not allowed to move out because that can be considered abandonment. And when you're doing mediation, are they allowed to move out or are they still not allowed to move out? Yeah, no, they're definitely allowed to move out. Um, uh, you know, I like to do it. And if they haven't moved out yet, when they get to me, then I like to talk it through so that everyone knows it's coming and what day and all that stuff. So it's organized and it's not like hurtful. Um, but no, I mean, abandonment, I don't believe really is a real thing. Um, oh I know that. Where were that. you in 2015? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to, but you know, in California where I live, it's hard. A lot of times it's most of my clients, I don't know most, a lot of my clients are still living together. 
Oh, and it's yeah. hard to have two places. And it's hard to have two places anyway. And who can afford that, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's really hard. So, and I just want my listeners to know that Scott can do mediation anywhere in the country. And so it's not just a California mediation. So I'm so excited about this. So you've got them on their first meeting. They're going to go over financial stuff with you. Yeah, because that's really it. People are surprised, but that's, that's I yuck. find that's the easiest stuff. Yep. So we get we get momentum going. And then I usually like to meet once a week with people. So we get the momentum going. They, I give them some homework assignments. Like you guys need to agree on the fair market value of the house. So we can go to Zillow. We can get an appraisal. We can have a realtor come over and give us a market analysis. And I, so I give them these homework assignments. Then we get that momentum going. The second meeting, we try to firm up like the asset and debt division, like, you know, really get into the weeds. And then I, th- I find that, First of all, I would refer anyone to Carly because the parenting plan is really like I can take down a parenting plan and I've done thousands of them, but I am not a psychologist. I'm not a coach. I don't, I'm, so here's, I'm not here's someone my that can advise you that. Okay, that. Right, Thank you. So here's me. Okay. Cause you know that this is so fun for you and you would not want to do this. I'm on virtual client meetings talking about Christmas Eve versus Christmas day. And we, I mean, it is red faces and angry and I have a talking pen and I'm like, look, if you don't have the talking pen, you are not allowed to talk about Christmas right now. And we have to take breathers through it. But my always focus is always, I know you want the better part of Christmas. And I know you want this part, but here's my question. What do your kids want? What's your kids? What are your kids used to? Oh, you guys like to do this on Christmas Eve together? Awesome. Suck it up. Put a smile on your face. Both show up. Oh, what do you, how do you like to open up presents? Awesome suck it up, put a smile on your face and show up. It's not about which one you get versus this one, because that's what you were talking about in the beginning about winning, right? It's not about winning. It's about winning, right? What's in the best interest of the children. And look, I have, my oldest is 14 and my youngest is 11. I say to them, you've got about four years left of them even wanting to spend time with you. Mm -hmm. Do you want to only have two of those because you won't even spend time with your ex-wife or are you going to just show up and smile? Yeah, because once they hit like 14, 15, 16, they're making their own decisions. They're like, peace out, right? Yeah. So so when when I love when people come to me with a parenting plan drafted that they've that they've spent a few dollars on extra, but like they're they're already saving so much money doing mediation that it's like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. Um, so they're speaking with someone like you that really knows like the details. And that my clients really- come to you and what they have is everything they've agreed upon about custody schedule, holiday schedule, visitation, first right of refusal, special things that they want to put in there. And they I just basically it. hand it to you and go, Scott, write this in here and, and tell us if we're missing anything. Like I don't yeah. go over like anything financial. So I don't go over how you're going to pay for college together or bar mitzvahs. But I just deal with the things that are always in the best interest of the children. And to specialize um, and to avoid that Christmas um, issue, yes, I please. only take couples that are interested. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I have a question about this. When do you know that you cannot mediate even though you thought you could and they paid you for it? Like, do you call it or do they call it or does that never happen for you? I never, I never call it, but I just get, I just get realer and realer. Like, with like you take them down and you're like, listen, this is not working. What's the price of peace? Give me the talk as if we, me and my husband are fighting and we're not listening and we're bickering. We're talking about this and this. What, how do you put us in our place? You know, I'll just say, um, when you guys engaged me, 
you guys agreed implicitly that you came here to negotiate and to deal. You guys could be doing this in front of a judge right now. And if you want a judge to slam the gavel and tell you how you're going to live the rest of your life, then that's a better option for you. But if you and a guardian ad litem, and you want to use the app wizard so you can communicate and you get in trouble whenever your tone is off, right? Try forwarding an email from the school through Family Wizard. I mean, it will drive you nuts. You have to copy, paste, put it in. You do what I do, which is you say to them, "This is your choice, right?" You get to choose. Do you want to be miserable and fight and go in front of these people and lose all control? Or do you want to calm down? Do you have any cool negotiation tricks you've learned along the way? Yeah, a lot of them. I mean, really, like I said, it's it's trying to reframe people uh, into showing them how they're winning when they think they're losing. And like, so in a situation like that, when they're most of the time they're arguing, you know, when it comes down to like a parenting schedule, you know, we're talking about a day a week, maybe, or half a day a week. And it's like, that's the difference between moving forward and being able to, you know, one person might be dating already, or both people might be dating, being able to like, you know, move on to the rest of their lives. How about purchasing a new house, um, you know, changing your job, you know, doing all the things that you want to do that you can't during this interim period. Have Uh, you had to add new things because of the pandemic in there? Like, are you not, because I'm sure your office has been blowing up. I know this is what happened in March when I was releasing my coaching for co-parenting. I was like, oh, it was like, I stepped out and I was like, oh, I can't do that right now. Everyone's stuck at home and they're, you know, they're terrified. And then a couple months went by and everyone's like, I can't stay with this person for like indefinitely. And yeah. then in the summer, everybody was like, holy crap, I can't stay with them. Do you have anything in there now? Which is really interesting because I get so many questions about, how do you decide what's medically okay and safe when you have all these blended families? So do you get any mediation issues or do you have anything in documents now in, in the case of a medical pandemic? We need, I mean, that, who could have foreseen that? I know it's really interesting. I actually did a, a case the other, uh, like three weeks ago where uh, the couple had been divorced for 10 years, super, super high conflict. They've never gone through mediation but the courts are not really available to them right now. And the reason was they each enrolled their son in a different public school in San Diego. And this in San Diego was telling them, uh, we're going to kick them out of both schools unless you make a decision. And so they, was that because they each lived in different school districts? Yeah. Well, they live close by, but like, they just like one. They didn't agree on the school. Yeah, one school was totally in person because it was private. The other, uh, oh right, it was, it was a medical charter. Sorry, it was yeah. Charter. Um, and the other school is totally virtual. So mom didn't want um, the the son to go to school, and dad was like, hey, I, "My kid is already on Nintendo twenty four seven. You know, um, I don't want him sitting at a screen. You know, for the next year. Right. Um, and so they came to mediation, and 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 we basically just talked it out. I mean, that's what it is. People, I mean, I'm not a genius. People will oftentimes just agree, as, you know, once the conversation starts flowing. So we make like many agreements that we'll check in every couple of weeks. We'll see how it is. We'll take his temperature. We'll, you know, like all these little agreements that add up to, you know. Right, because agreement. again, winning, you have to make the person who feels like they're losing feel like they're winning. So like I had that with someone with a social media account that one parent did not want the child to have a social media account and the other one did. And so I had to bring them both to a place where everyone felt 
Like they were feeling, they want to feel heard. That's the other thing. People want to feel heard, right? I have a question. Well, Carly, real about- quick before you ask yeah, that, wanting to be heard, that's, that's like one of the key things I tell people in consultations because you're not going to feel heard through the litigation system. You don't get to speak. You know, and when you do, your speak. lawyer yells at you. They say, <laughs> why did you just say that? You're not supposed to say, I told you to tell me what, you- oh my, we, I, I can't even. So it's all still pent up in there at the yes. end. Yes, which is why I, during some sessions, when I have someone that's really angry, I say to them, you are no longer allowed to share your emotions with your spouse because we've decided that you're moving forward and it's no longer her job or his job to deal with your stuff. I can help you with your anger on a separate issue, but not here. This is not what we're doing here. Like focus up. Yeah, um, we're focused on the business. Tell me, yeah, it is such a business. Tell me what you know about narcissism and what you've seen in your practice. Yeah, I mean, narcissist, narcissistic people are tough personalities. They don't want to listen to logic. It's not about trying to convince them that um, uh, that um, what they're doing is smart or what they're not doing is stupid. You know, it's 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 really. Um, understanding what their fears are and trying to get them, you know, to open up and talk about what it is that really is bothering them, you know, underneath the surface. So I had like a case uh, a couple of years ago with a guy and they were, and a, and a, and a wife and they were fighting over, it was, it wasn't a huge, huge, huge estate, but it was like with the house, it was like, they had about 1.2 million and they were fighting about 15,000 and literally they were going to walk away. Um, and go get yeah like they were uh, like I couldn't we were just meeting and nothing was happening and we would schedule another meeting and they would just we just couldn't come to a resolution and and so I spoke to the husband and um you know we really got speaking and got kind of deep into it and he was just really scared and once he understood that he was scared and then we could solve those problems by trying to help him not feel scared and then make logical decisions but right. those are really tough cases. I mean, I've lost. I, I I like to tell people that I'm. A, I anyone that starts with me, it's almost a hundred percent. You're going to end the case in mediation. But I have lost a couple cases here and there, and usually it's over really silly issues, and it's dealing with narcissistic personality. Are you able to spot it right away? Right away, right away. Like before you sign the agreement. Right away. I so, know. but you, you still sign the agreement, even though they're narcissists. I want to help. The, I want to help the other right. person, you know, move forward. Right, because you know, you see them. I mean, I I typically punished. seen it. Right, it's. I don't mean to be gender specific, but it typically is the man, and then the woman is so she's looking at you like, see, help me. Yes, this is what I've been doing. Right. Um, has there ever been a time where you felt like you needed to step in, like as a humanitarian, like this is something's not right here or not safe? Maybe not say, I, I mean, certainly like I have, um, you know, you see these bats behind me. I know your, um, your, your, your listeners can't, but, um, you know, sometime I'll walk over with my, no, I'm just joking. But, uh, you know, uh, I, yeah, I certainly would. I haven't had an instance. I've had it one instance where a guy kind of came at me, but he didn't come at, at the, at his, at his, um, at his wife, um, I certainly would if I felt like it, but I do feel like, yeah, narcissistic personalities in, in, in a divorce scenario, you know, it could, um, if we don't successfully do it in mediation, my belief is that they'll litigate, but it won't end with litigation. It will, it will go on until 
there is no support obligation and the kids are no longer uh, minors. Like it will go on for years. So yeah, it's not the, just about just saving them. And for the who wins? Who wins in that situation? What do you do with uh, narcissistic, like in the parenting world? How do yeah, you? Yeah, I. I they oftentimes do love. They do love their kids. Yeah, and they are usually extremely um, charming and good at, yep. like, getting their point across. But you know the saying, "You can't bullshit a bullshitter." You know, I, I'm sober almost 22 years, so I know what how to mani- manipulate. I know what that looks like. I work with alcoholics, so I can spot them, and I and I just. You know what it is? I call them out on their shit. And usually what happens is they have a tantrum. And then the next day they'll be like, thank you. I actually, I'm so impressed. Like no one ever tells me, like my therapist who I've been paying for 10 years has never told me that I interrupt too much and I'm rude. Like, Mm. like they, you know what I mean? So like, I love telling people that (laughs) I'm a coach, right? I'm not your, I'm not a knitting club. Like this is, I picture it as I'm a boxing coach. And if you're, you're about to get hit in the face sometimes. And I tell them like, this, my job isn't to be your friend. My job is to tell you the truth and to help you guys get to a place where your kids don't have to suffer. Right? Totally. Totally. And, and, I, and I find using that coach analogy, like if you can make the narcissist, if you can make the whole goal of mediation is to make the person, the parties, the coach, the quarterback, the people in control. And what happens in litigation is that you're like a bench warmer. You're on for you're along for the ride. Um, you're not in control of the process. You're like you know a third string tight end, you know, yeah. and you're not you don't have you the ball. Put me in, there. coach, and they're like, no, you're not going in. Yeah, so the, I th- I do think narcissistic people like to be in control, and um, and so uh, obviously, so I do think that like you know giving them that control through mediation yeah. can be helpful. They can just be really like you just never know when they're going to put their foot down, and you're just going to have to. It's a lot like parenting. Like you have to make them think that they're getting that they, you give them choices that you know that you can live with. And then you let them choose one of those choices because I have them where they're like, no, I I don't want to have the divorce. And I'm like, that's not one of the options on the menu. The menu is these are the options. The option you want is no longer available. So let's focus on these options. Which one do you want? And it's literally the exact same thing as parenting. Yeah. Uh (laughs) And one thing I also like to do is when they have a significant other already, I like to ask them, um, if you could go home today and tell Julie or whatever that the case is over and it's been settled, what would she think? Not what would you think, but what would she think? And they, then they get all like, they get happy and they go, she would be so- I, We would stop fighting because we're fighting about this and she's mad this is taking so long and all of that. I put yeah. that in my, in my, what I do in my nuts and bolts session. We talk about, you know, when the significant other is going to be introduced and how that's going to work out. And I really, and I share with them the horror stories that I know with clients about like, and again, it's usually men that end up with a woman who doesn't want- the co-parent relationship to look the way it is. And I say to them, like, do you want to have to fight with another woman for the rest of your life? Right? Like, like how many women do you want to fight with? So how do you, how do you, so do you instruct people like on their choices? Like I say don't, to them, don't bring someone in that's, I say, that's create, create drama. This is my, I do it as a positive because you can't tell them what not to do. I say, when you have someone in your life that's significant, this is the way you find out if they're going to be crazy and if they're going to make your life hell. You tell them 
that we work really, really hard in our, my co-parenting relationship to show up for the kids to, and we tell them all the things that we do. We do birthday dinners alone. We do Halloween. You know, I show up for the holidays. We are games standing next to each other. If this is an issue for you, I need you to know now I'm not judging you, but if this is an issue, it's not going to work for us. Cause you know, the woman wants it to work. She wants this guy. And if she gets to know right away, and if she starts fighting, or even if she says, I want to meet the kids, and it's already in the agreement, because that's what I do, I tell them to write it in their agreement, when that happens, if you have a, a partner that's pushing to meet your kids earlier than you have it agreed upon, that's also a red flag that you're going to have a crazy person in your life, because they're not respecting what you and their mother or father already agreed upon. And so I say to them, I empower them, I'm like, if you don't want to have another drama relationship, weed them out immediately tell them date one i am very connected with my co-parent this is how we do it there's nothing romantic you would always be the first person but you have to know nothing can come between me and my kids and how attractive is that as a woman who wants to date a man to say like wow he can stand up for himself and he cares about his kids if she doesn't like that she should go away i love and so tell me who which which is which party is usually worse like to the kids do you have any idea like step you know, or stepdad? You know. Stepmom, right? Yeah. I've heard that so many times from you know why? Adult children. They, they, it's they, so stupid. It's so, so stupid. Punished a lot of times and, and just please, please understand there are some amazing stepmothers, okay? But what I see is that the woman feels threatened. And what I actually just did an awesome interview with a stepmom coach. She just coaches stepmoms and they are women who reach out to her it, and she works with the bio dad. So she works with the dad to help them. She doesn't work with the bio mom. So the stepmom or girlfriend calls and says, I don't know what to do. This is out of my hands. I, he's not listening and all this. And usually again, the, the husband, the father feels out of control and afraid they feel like they have to go up against the co-parent. They don't want to lose the kids' love. And now they've got this new partner fighting with them all the time. And they're just like checked out. And so the goal for a stepmom or a new woman in the life is to not try to be another parent. Mm. Like we are talking about, not horrible cases, just regular people that have a good mom and a good dad. They have a new situation. They're doing the best they can. The only thing that that step person should do is love and support their new partner never get in between that relationship. Like it should be understood that it is sacred, which is why I tell the man, usually it's the man, but I say it to both of them so they can hear me, tell whoever you're going to be with, this is a non-negotiable. Mm. And you'll weed out crazies. And what happens is otherwise it makes the children feel horrible because mm -hmm. then they see the stress. Kids know everything, you know. Kids know everything. And you know what else I do, which is really uncomfortable? I tell them to put in their agreement when, if they want, it's one of my options, but I explain why. And I say, what do you think about the idea? And I say to both of them, where if you have someone who's significant in your life and they've already agreed upon a time frame, they usually always agree no sleepovers before, you know, the time frame, which is cool. Like who wants to be like, who's, who the fuck is Mary? Like yeah, come yeah, in bedroom with the shirt on. And so I say to them, would you guys like to meet the other person that's about to be in your children's life before your children meet them to make sure you feel okay with it? Like you kind of make them feel like they get to be empowered by it. Cause listen, what man wants another man in their child's life that they don't even know who they are. Right. I agree. Right. So that's what I say. And then it's really because the woman also wants to meet the woman. And if the new girlfriend or new guy friend is not, uh, is going to be yucky about it. 
go- goodbye. Like who wants, yeah. right? But a lot of times I, f- I find that the, that, the, that the bio mom or bio dad sticks with that person. Oh, they do because they're scared of losing. They don't want to be alone. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy pants. It's right? crazy pants, yeah. It's crazy pants. Um, uh, I want to ask you a question. Do you have people that come back to you post-divorce to do more mediation? Yeah, that's a big part of my practice. Tell um, me what they're mediating about post-divorce. Um, all sorts of issues. I just had um, a really cool, not cool one, but uh, this summer I had a good example of, of like a COVID situation um, where one of my clients, um, a couple who divorced maybe like six, seven years ago with me, and then um, husband, her dad moved to New York City, been living there, very successful, works at like a big hospital, um, and every summer the kids have gone out there because obviously he comes out here when he can and, you know, for like holidays, but like, you know, the main part of the, his time with the kids is the, is the summer. And these are two, like, they were like teenage kids, really close in age, but like a little older than 14. Um, and so this summer, uh, at the beginning of the summer, he sent the, the, the plane tickets to mom. Um, and she was like, absolutely not. Remember beginning of summer, COVID New York city, was blowing up. I mean, that's where it's where COVID existed, you know? So she goes, absolutely not. They're not coming to New York. And he goes, what are you talking about? You son of a gun. She goes, you're a son of a gun. You know, now they're sending each other horrible texts, block each other, email, block the email. Um, And so just before, and you know, that he was going to, you know, go full blown, you know, to war over it. He, I don't know how he found me, but he found me. I'm sorry. I, I know how he found me. We were, you worked uh, with him before. Yeah. So then he calls me. We get on the phone with him, him and his wife. Um, really great couple. I love them a lot uh, from when I first worked with them. And basically the fear, there was a lot of fear of the unknown. And so instead, so the original plan was to fly into New York City and live there for three months like they had for all the other. So, so basically we just came up with an agreement where instead of uh, the kids flying out to New York City, he was first going to fly here. So they have, they have um, money, you know, that, yeah. that wasn't an issue. So that not everyone could do this, but right. he flew out here with all sorts of uh, PPP, PP, PPE, PPE and, 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 you know, that he had from the hospital. Then instead of flying into New York City, they flew into uh, upstate New York and then drove. And they drove to um, uh, a, a cottage that he rented for the whole summer. So they didn't uh, have to be in the city. And so he they got never to see went his to the city. Because the, his, yeah, go ahead. And then his girlfriend came up with with her kids because you know whole blended situation, and they agreed that they would uh, quarantine. quarantine for like two weeks. Then they would take a uh, uh, you know a COVID test, multiple COVID tests, and then at the end of the summer, he's going to fly them back. To San Diego, so um, it, it like we just found out basically like the kids were scared to go, and he they weren't telling him that the wife was or mother was scared. She knew, right? So she's scared about medical. They're scared about medical. He's scared. I'm not going to be with my kids, and yep. it's just everyone's afraid. And when we're afraid, we act out in anger, and so we retaliate. And that's why meeting with you again, because you see, like, like all the layers, right? Yeah, like, all the layers. Because then you have to, you also have to hope that his new person is also going to be willing to jump on board and do, I mean, because we have it too. We have like blended and blended and blended. And so yeah. I have to worry like, 
well, what is my husband's partner's ex-husband doing yeah. in Michigan? And how are they doing quarantine? And it's banana. And it goes so quickly, as you know, like you don't realize it, but like just, you know, all of those that what about the Michigan housekeeper? You know, like is she it's just crazy. So yeah. Um, what are the big ticket items your clients are really stuck on when they're in mediation with you? Like where do they get stuck the most? So in the post-divorce realm, it's, it's, it's usually, you know, support issues and parenting. Even though they've already agreed on the support? Yeah. So they want to modify support. Like as time goes on, um, this couple was a little bit older or a recent couple, I was a little bit older. So like he, uh, uh, dad wanted He's to like, retire. Uh, yeah. And, uh, mom was like eight years younger. She's like, I got a lot of, like, I, I can't let, you know, and she hadn't been working. So like, we just have to talk those things through. Yeah. Um, but during the divorce, I mean, it just depends. Where do people get stuck? I, I, people usually just work things out, you know? But if where do they come to you? Like, where do you see them like needing your help the most? Probably parenting it, you know, they're the, 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 they get stuck the most over parenting because they're really fearful about losing their kids. That's what it people is. People really love their kids. Yeah. And they're also afraid about what they do at dad's house versus mom's house. And my favorite saying, that's not my own, my, one of my best friends taught me and I have a big sign in my house that says there are two kinds of business, my business and none of my business. And I teach I that, that to my clients. And I say to them, cause they'll be like, well, at their house, they're doing this. And I'm like, that's not your business. And I actually have to say to them, do you trust them with your children's life? And then they have to pause. And then they, you see the other person getting like, are you kidding me? Like I, I birthed this child and you have to remind them, like, it's kind of like what happens in Vegas. Like if you trust them, it's not your business. What time they brush their teeth. It's not your business. If they read or not, they're going to be okay. They're not going to die. If they don't do this, that they do at your house at the same house. And they do, they just don't want to lose control. They don't want to lose it. Uh, can you send me a picture of that sign? I'd love yes, to. I will. Yeah, no, that's I a huge thing. Like People come in and they're trying to like pre-plan the other person's parenting time. And a lot of times I'm like, listen, that's their parenting. Like you said, they love their kids. They're going to take care of them. But like, you know, what they do from 6 to 9 p.m., you it's have to let dad business. deal with it. You have to let mom deal with it. They're going to yeah, take, I mean, I have, be, it's in the best interest of their kids. Right. But it's also in the best interest of you to calm down. Like there are days where it'll be like Saturday at like 2.30 p.m. And I'm in Cleveland. So when it's sunny, it's very exciting. And I'll like <laughs> message my kids and be like, hey, what are you doing today? And they're like, nothing. We haven't left the house. We're still in jammies and we're playing digital still. And I'm like, on the inside, I'm like, WTF, why are you not outside? Like, it's gorgeous outside. And I, and I can't do anything about it because it's not my time. I can just say like, hey, I'm going to go for a run. You should get outside. It's gorgeous out. And they'll do nothing. And that's okay because it's not my time with them. You can only control what you can control. Right. You could never control them when you were living with them anyways. <laughs> I just have one more question because I am so enjoying myself. I want you to tell us before, and then I want you to tell us how to find you. For people who are listening, who are already divorced or are going through a divorce, but they're stuck with their emotional crap and they're angry about how things are going. Do you have any guidance as a mediator and someone who's been in this world for so long to help them like calm down and make a good decision? Yeah, I always tell people, don't react, give it 30 minutes, give it an hour, be calm, and, uh, you know, respond uh, politely, 
uh, firmly, clearly, and, and, and shortly, or whatever that word would be. You don't need to write paragraphs. So, you know what I tell my clients they should do? You know, Grammarly? Yeah. So they now have like an icon that shows like how your tone is. And they have to install that when they're writing emails. Because if the tone is like sad or angry, they need to like put in some smiley faces and like, you're the best dad. Like the deal is nobody has to be honest at this point anymore. You are getting a divorce. Your job and goal is to be kind and to be an actor and to suck it up and smile. And so if you're being, I tell them, I'm like, you need to be flexible, respectful, and kind. And if you can't be those three things, you're never going to have the divorce you want because you're going to be like scorekeeping and miserable. How and if the other party that? sees that you're doing that, yes, they will stop being rude and snipey. You just have to keep coming at them. Go to five below and get them some cute things like you're the best dad in the world. You don't have to mean it. You just give it to them and you drop it off with cookies for the kids that are that weekend. And it softens them. Eventually it will soften them. It will soften them. And then it will become about the kids, which is what yes. we're all here for, you know? Can I just tell you something? I think I shared this with you before. So my youngest, we one of the things I put in my document that I didn't put in my document that I make my clients put in if they care about is like the alone birthday dinners. And my son wanted it and we didn't put it in the document. We just verbally said it, but then the new partner didn't like it. So for four plus years, we've been fighting about it. And th- my son's been in therapy and crying and begging. Long story short, it finally got through to him because the partner was having a really hard time connecting with my kids. And my ex was like, what's the problem? And I'm like, dude, they're resentful because they know the reason why you won't do what you said you would do is because their part, your partner doesn't want them to. And he's like, that has nothing to do with it. I'm like, it has everything to do with it. And mm-hmm. I said, just trust me, give them this little piece and it will get better. So the other day, um, it was one of my kids' birthday. The five of us OG were together. It was a great time. My wow. youngest made him put his phone away, made us all put our phone away. And then a week later, which was last night, my youngest, who was always the problem about this, said to his dad, I can't wait for you and blah, blah, blah to get married. I'm excited now and I'm ready to start over. And he, my husband looked at me and he's like, what just happened? I'm like, see, they just wanted you to give them a little bit of kindness and respect and hear them. That's so great. That's such a great story. I love that. I love ending with that too. That's I so know. Think, how do people find you? I'm at, uh, so I go by the moniker Chief Peacekeeper. And I I'm love a- it chiefpeacekeeper.com is a site that you can find my information at. I am going to include that in the, in the notes and I am so grateful for your time and you're stuck with me, Scott. I love, I love, uh, Carly, I, you know, I love you. And, I do uh, too. Be such good friends uh, all the way across the, halfway across the country. I know. For any listeners who would like to go deeper into my story, check out my memoir, Seconds and Inches, available in paperback, audio, or digital. Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, 
but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. On Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and IndieBound. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and for the world around us. Have a great day.